Hello, I'm Dr. Laura Williams and you're listening to Know Your Own Psychology. After many years building a successful career as a psychologist, I finally realised that it didn't reflect the autonomy and freedom I wanted in both my life and work. As I made plans to begin working for myself, my husband died suddenly and my whole world fell apart. But with a young family to look after and big dreams I did not want to give up on, I took some time and in the middle of the global pandemic, I left my old life behind. Today, I'm a private psychologist, digital course creator, mum to five and best-selling author. My mission is to simplify psychological ideas so that you can know your own psychology, influence all the areas of your life and achieve more meaning, freedom and purpose. Are you ready to be empowered? This is Know Your Own Psychology, the podcast. Welcome to episode 26 of the Know Your Own Psychology podcast. I'm Dr Laura and if you are new to my little corner of the podcast world, it's so good to have you here with us. Whenever I say Dr Laura, it makes me laugh a bit because some of you might know that in the US there is a very famous Dr Laura who is a radio host on the Dr Laura show. Anyway, we'll stick with the KYOP podcast for now. I am flying solo this week and I wanted to do an episode in which I talk about our emotions and strategies to regulate them, particularly when we are feeling distressed in some way. I love offering these brief practical sessions which I hope can feel a bit like accessing therapy or at least therapeutic advice and information. And this is something I get asked a lot when I'm doing lives on social media, um, usually across on TikTok. Um, and so I felt it was something that might be beneficial um, to offer some you know, free content on. Now, as a clinical psychologist, this is also something I'm talking to people I work with regularly about. And it is a topic close to my heart, not least because of how transformative it can actually be when you implement these strategies into your life. So I guess firstly, I want to be really transparent and say that this is something that I am finding particularly hard at the moment with, I guess, the ages and stages of my kids who appear to be pushing every one of my emotion buttons for all sorts of differing reasons. This can sometimes leave me feeling quite dysregulated and reacting from that place. And so this is as helpful for me to remind myself of these techniques as I hope it is in sharing them with you. And as parents, what's important to realise is that it is really challenging to help our kids regulate themselves um, when we are coming at it from our own dysregulated state. So if any of you are parents, then I guess this might be a good episode for you. And it might help you think about how you might help your kids become a bit more regulated at times. And when they're looking to you for containment, you can provide it. And I guess even just in our day-to-day lives, it can be really helpful to increase our tolerance to distress and negative emotions generally. Now, very short story here, just to give a bit more context to um, how my kids are pushing my buttons. My twin boys are seven, nearly eight, and I guess in the last six months they've become very particular about how they look in the morning. 
from their hair to their clothes, everything has become seemingly much more important to them. And this can and frequently does lead to arguments in the morning over it all. And oh, let me tell you, it is really hard to stay calm when there's a set time that we need to be at the door by and we are standing there stalled discussing spiky, sticky up bits in their hair or whether these joggers match this hoodie. It is quite frankly exhausting and I do need to practice staying calm at these times which is not always easy or what in fact does happen. The other thing I thought was really important to see here is that I do think there's a bit of a culture these days of only do what makes you happy or expecting happiness to be our constant emotional state and that's simply just not realistic. The human experience is supposed to be involving all of the emotions and that's part of what makes life so rich and interesting and I also think we've become a bit cut off at times with the many distractions of our lives that it can often be the case that we're inadvertently avoiding our emotions through mindless scrolling or watching tv or simply being busy and what I would talk about is task focused as opposed to emotion focused I mean it it makes sense right we're busy we're working we're looking after children we're looking after parents and you know all the things And so it can be really hard to just give ourselves a moment to tune in and ask ourselves what emotional state we're carrying into our days with us. And when we're living like that, over time, this can reduce our ability to tolerate distress when it does come up. And particularly, you know, the stress that's more pronounced than normal, certainly. And one of the ways... I like my clients to think about our abilities to regulate our emotions is from our, what psychologists call, window of tolerance. Now, we, all of us, have a window or a zone within which we are able to remain calm, regulated and in control of our emotional state. But when we tip out of our personal zone of tolerance, we start to struggle more. And when we try to upskill our distress tolerance skills, what we're trying to do is effectively expand that zone and make it wider, which benefits not just those around us, but also our kids and our colleagues and our friends and our partners. And so it's just a really beautiful way of over time widening our tolerance levels so that something that six months ago might have tipped us out of that zone we're able to remain calm and regulated so it sounds to me like a bit of a win-win and yeah I think it's something that's going to really help people now the other thing to preface the strategies with is that how contained and calm we are able to be can also be thought about from an attachment perspective so let me explain if your own parents or caregivers did not or were not able to model how to cope with emotions well, then it's likely we haven't been taught the healthy skills of emotional regulation and distress tolerance for ourselves. So I say this to remind you to come at this compassionately and give yourself the grace and the space to bring a beginner's mind and allow yourself to learn a bit as you listen. 
I wonder how many of you have heard of distress tolerance before and if you have you might know that it comes from a therapy called dialectical behavioural therapy or DBT. And DBT was developed by Marsha Linehan and acknowledges that psychological pain and distress cannot be avoided. Therefore, if we build our skills in tolerating them, then we can reduce our suffering and live our lives with all its ups and downs from a more emotionally healthy place. So before I dive into the strategies, go grab a notebook, a cuppa, a journal, and if you like taking notes, this might be the time. So I'm going to outline three of the distress tolerance skills from DBT that may be helpful for you. And if you would like to learn more about DBT or other distress tolerance skills, I will link some books in the show notes that you might want to check out. Now, the first skill, skill number one, is tip your body chemistry. So this first skill is all about ways that you can change your emotional state quickly. And the acronym TIP or TIP, is to help you remember what to do. It's really hard when we're dysregulated to um, remember strategies and not just get caught up in the moment. And so that's why um, DBT uses acronyms like TIP to help you. Now, obviously it also depends where you are and what you're doing when these, um, you know, situations arise when we feel a bit dysregulated as to what strategies you can use in that moment. But let's go through them. And very quickly, also a bit of a disclaimer on this one to check with your GP before engaging in any intense exercise or things that your body isn't used to. So in terms of tip then, T is for tip the temperature and this is to help you calm down quickly. Essentially the strategy is holding your breath, taking in a deep breath and then placing your face in a bowl of cold water. Or if that's not available to you, something like a cold pack um, on your eyes and cheeks. The idea is that you hold that for about 30 seconds in water that's about above 50 degrees Fahrenheit or 10 degrees Celsius. And just giving yourself those 30 seconds to calm quickly and feel a bit different in that moment. This is something that I haven't particularly tried, although I do love cold water therapy generally and cold water swimming as a way to help regulate before you're at a point where it needs to happen as quick as this. Okay, I is for intense exercise. So this can be particularly helpful when you're revved up with all that emotion coursing through your body and engaging in intense exercise, if only even for like a short while, can help. So The mechanism here is that all the stored up physical energy that's in your body that feels like it's making you um, angry or frustrated or annoyed can get used up by doing things like running, walking fast, jumping on the spot, you know, any kind of sport if you're fit enough to to engage in those things. And it just kind of gets the body moving and gets some of that energy flowing. And the last one for tip is P. And that is for paced breathing. So that's essentially when we get dysregulated, we can very often uh, be breathing in in a very sort of shallow way or a bit too quickly. And that can exacerbate those symptoms of uh, emotional dysregulation and anxiety. So 
the goal here is to breathe deeply into your belly, your tummy, and slow your pace of inhaling and exhaling. So DBT would suggest, you know, on average, five to six breaths per minute is what you're aiming for. And also what can be important is breathing out more slowly than what you breathe in and using a schedule of breathing in for four or five seconds in and six or seven seconds out. Okay, I want you to try that with me now. Okay, so let's breathe in. And out. And so doing that over the course of a minute or two, just really pacing your breathing can have a really helpful and beneficial effect. Okay, bear with me. We're going to jump onto skill number two in just a second. Okay, so skill number two is called improve the moment. And what this is about is improving that moment of emotional distress. And there's another acronym to help you remember this here. And the acronym is IMPROVE. So I'm going to run through what all of those stand for, all of those letters stand for, and then I'll give you ways in which you can do that. So IMPROVE stands for imagery, meaning, prayer, and this is non-religious by the way, relaxing, one thing in the moment, taking a brief vacation, and encouragement. So IMPROVE. So let's come on and I'll share with you what each of these is about. So imagery in these moments of emotional dysregulation can be really very powerful and I use imagery in therapy a lot. So I want you to imagine um, that perhaps when you're having that experience of, you know, distress or emotional um you know, regulation struggles, that what you're going to do is use imagery to try and imagine something different. Okay, so for example, you could be thinking about a very relaxing scene that's meaningful to you. Or, you know, you could be remembering a happy time and imagine yourself in it again and play that out in your mind. Some of the really um, interesting DBT ones are things like you could imagine that the hurtful emotions or the distressing emotions that you're currently experiencing are draining out of you like water out of a drain pipe. You could imagine a secret room with yourself in it. You furnish it the way that you like, you close and lock the door on anything that you're not wanting to welcome into your life. So those are some of the ways and of course if you've got your journal out or your notebook out, you can hit pause and think about what would work for you in that moment. So for me, it would be a very special beach uh, that my family and I visit most years and that would be my place that I know would help me tolerate what's going on in the moment and bring me to a place of relaxation. Okay, the next one is M for meaning. And this is to help you think about finding purpose or meaning within the situation. Remember to have a think about and focus on whatever positive aspects of the situation you can find. Now that might be hard, there's no denying that, but there's always something positive uh, to, to take out of it. So if I think about my example of my boys in the morning, for instance, 
one of the things that I've been trying to tell myself is here is an opportunity for you to model to your boys how to regulate your emotions so that they are starting to understand that and see how to do it better. Okay, next one is P for prayer. Now, I said at the beginning that this is non-religious. I mean, if you're religious, you can use that and you can, you know, open up your mind and have that sort of um, conversation with whichever God you ascribe to. Or you can simply think about it spiritually and asking your own wise mind for the strength, the fortitude, the resilience, whatever it is you think you need in that moment um, to come to you. Okay. The next one is R for relaxing. Now, these are things that perhaps if we're not having to deal with the situation immediately, you might want to go off and do certain things that you know helps regulate your body and your mind. So for me, it is definitely a bath. Um, my family have a running joke uh, that if I'm missing an action, I'll have gone and taken what's been termed a stealth bath. <laughs> and so that's my go-to might be something for you like doing a bit of yoga, perhaps just some more deep breathing or, you know, simply having a cuppa um, and a sit down on the couch for five minutes. There are so many things that might work here. Um, massage with essential oils, you know, whatever works for you here. The next one is called one thing in the moment. And oftentimes for me and the clients that I speak to, I find that people become most dysregulated when they are overwhelmed. And I know from my own experiences that when I am dysregulated is because I'm trying to do a million and one things. There are on average three children of the five at any one time trying to get, get my attention and ask me to do certain things or speak to me about something. And so it's finding a way to just do one thing in that moment. So it might be um, you know, focusing your entire attention on just that one child or the one thing that you need to do in that moment and putting everything to the side. I wonder if that resonates with people, this idea of overwhelm and just too many plates um, trying to be juggled. Okay, the next one is uh, V, which is about taking a brief vacation. So I find this one interesting. So essentially, you know, taking five minutes to yourself, very brief, um, and going back to bed, just, you know, getting into bed, relaxing in bed, giving yourself five, ten, ten minutes to take a, a short vacation from your day. Okay, the next uh, examples of that might be things like going getting your favourite magazine or reading your favourite, um, you know, newspaper, whatever that happens to be for you. It might be things like, and I think this is more and more relevant, taking your phone and turning it off just for a couple of hours or the day if you can. So how could you take a brief vacation from your day? Have a think and note it down. The next one is E, which is for self-encouragement and rethinking the situation. So there might be certain affirmations or statements that might help you. So, for example, one of the things that I try to tell myself is I'm doing the best I can. When the boys are dysregulated and I'm feeling particularly stressed, I do know that I'm doing the best I can. It might be telling yourself 
this too shall pass. Like this will not last forever. This stage won't last forever. This season of my life won't last forever. This emotion, this distress will not last forever. Oftentimes there is a cognitive thing I think happens when we're in those moments that we feel are intolerable emotionally and we worry that they're going to go on forever. Um, And so this can be really helpful here. And that's it. So that is the improved strategy. Hit pause just now and perhaps you might want to note down what you could use that would help you in each of those different aspects. So the next skill is one that I think loads of people will really resonate with and I certainly do. And that is a skill of radical acceptance. And radical just simply means all the way, complete and total. Okay, so no matter, you know, how you feel or what's going on for you, that you radically accept your emotions, who you are, what you're going through. It is accepting your mind, your body and your soul completely, no matter what. It's about when you stop fighting reality and stop as Marsha Linehan would talk about, is throwing tantrums because reality is not the way you want it. And letting go of those feelings of bitterness or resentment that we have. This makes complete and utter sense to me because when my boys are kicking off about these joggers aren't the same colour as the hoodie that you're making me wear and they don't match and they're getting very dysregulated and crying about it, I'm sitting there thinking this is absolutely ridiculous and I cannot cope with this and I don't want to have these conversations that don't matter and, and, and. And so I'm essentially throwing my own little tantrum and pity party in the corner about how my reality of dealing with a child who's having these struggles is not what I want. And so radical acceptance would say you need to let go of that. You need to let go of Um, not accepting reality and just see things completely as they are and so well let's talk about like what do we have to accept and so again you know if you're interested in more of these dbt skills or want to read more about it it's marsha linehan dbt but what has to be accepted is the reality exactly as it is the facts about the past and the present are the facts even if you don't like them It's kind of giving yourself a a little bit of tough love and saying, this is how it is. Right now, this is how it is. There is absolutely no doubt that the situation that I'm going through every morning with the kids is causing me suffering, is causing me pain. Um, And it's minor in comparison to some situations that you may have found yourself in the past. It's minor in comparison to some of the pain that I have experienced in the past, certainly through my grief. But it does create suffering. And the other bit of this is acknowledging that life is worth living and life is beautiful with all its ups and downs, even when we're struggling with certain aspects of it. And, you know, the other bit about this is, well, but why? Why do we have to accept reality? Well, you know, there's some real core truths here that rejecting your current reality doesn't change it. It just means that you're rejecting it. Um, And that usually leads to a place of stuckness. Because to change our current reality, we have to first accept that it is how it is. And 
you know, the other bit about this, I talk about this in my anxiety podcast as well, is that pain can't be avoided. Um, and just like anxiety, psychological pain is nature's way of signaling that something is wrong. It's why we experience it. It's a messenger that's here to tell us that we need to do something different. Um, and, you know, that sense of not accepting reality doesn't just keep you stuck in moving forward, but it keeps you stuck in the negative emotion that you're experiencing, whether that be unhappiness or resentment, anger, shame, or any other of the more painful negative emotions that we experience as humans. So it's within your best interest to accept your reality in order to move through those emotions and come out the other side. And the other thing that Marsha Linehan is you know, quoted as talking about is that acceptance of the reality might lead you towards sadness, but with that can come a deeper sense of calm, a deeper sense of regulation when you acknowledge, um, you know, your current situation and how that feels. And you know, there's a path, there's a pathway through your emotions and that's incredibly important for you to walk down that path. Otherwise, you're simply at the beginning and you're never moving forward. I hope that's resonating with you guys. Um, I personally have found the DBT skills uh, something that is very helpful and yeah, I, I hope that this episode has given you something to think about. And of course, these are just three skills that you can add to the toolbox. There are, of course, many, many more. And what's most important is finding the ones that work personally for you and just giving it a go. Just, you know, trying, seeing what works for you, what doesn't, and getting that distress tolerance, emotional regulation toolkit up and running. Now, some exciting things to tell you. For those of you who don't know, next week I'm travelling to London to meet the Prime Minister, Rishi Sunak. Um, I have been granted a meeting after asking my Member of Parliament to raise this in the House of Commons to discuss the cut in benefits to those widowed with children in the UK. And I'm going to be asking the Prime Minister what he can do about that because the system is quite simply inadequate and a bit broken. So wish me luck. Um, maybe I'll do a, a wee update on how it goes in next week's podcast and just let you know. So finally, a little request from me. I would love to see you tagging me to a picture of you and where you're listening to the podcast. Are you in your car, on a walk or somewhere else? Let me know and tag me on Instagram or wherever you are on social media. You'll find me at Dr. L.A. Williams. And please do share if you do post what emotional regulation distress tolerance strategies you are going to try because of this week's podcast okay have a great week folks and let's talk soon thanks for listening to this episode of know your own psychology if you loved it please share it on facebook or instagram for your friends and family and if you really want to help me out drop a review on apple podcasts if you have any questions, you can email me, hello at drlaurawilliams.com. And if you would like to know your own psychology better, influence all the areas of your life and achieve more meaning, freedom and purpose, 
come and join my growing community over on Facebook. Search Know Your Own Psychology and make a request.